Dirk again on third episode for Black History Month. How are you guys doing? I hope everyone is doing good. The month is going well. Classes are going well. Midterms are going well. Today we have two special guests here with us. We have Abdu and we have Adar, the vice, uh, the president of the Black Caucus. We have Abdu, a PhD student at Grenfell. I'm just going to give them a minute to just introduce themselves and tell us about themselves a little bit, and then we move in to today's discussion. Hi, folks. My name is Adese Stella Chidima Charles, <laughs> and I am Nigerian, and I'm studying at Greenfield Campus, um, psychology major. Uh, that's it. And I'm the uh, current uh, president for the Black Caucus. Nice, yeah. nice. Welcome. Welcome to Thank you. Grenfell Matters. Good morning. Hello, guys. Um, so my name is Abdul Latif Al Hassan, but a lot of people here call me Abdul because it's shorter. Yeah. Um, I'm a PhD student at the Grenfell Campus. I'm doing a PhD in the Transdisciplinary Sustainability Program. Um, I'm a Ghanaian, and it's funny enough we have this Ghana Nigeria <laughs> <laughs> combination this morning. I, mean, I know, right? We yeah. shouldn't start today because that conversation will probably take us <laughs> the whole time. I think we had it done yeah. with the first session. Really? Ghanian, yes. I was think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, was, it was brief, but yeah. I, I was gangbang because okay. there was three of them and it was just me, so. Uh, Today we have two and then there's one, so. Yeah. I mean, I'm one more squad. I can still gang up against the both of you. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so yeah. Um, but I'm, of course, not just a PG student, but I'm also a um, co-founder of Avatar Group Inc., which mm. is a social enterprise um, here in Newfoundland. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, um, I've been doing some research about your company and we'll dig into more of that for this episode. So today, we're going to go in deep with Black History Month. For the first two episodes, we've been talking about international students' lives of black students in Grenfell and Cornerbrook. We've been talking about our experiences, what our goals were, what we faced when we first came and what we are facing now. But today, we want to talk about what it means to be a black person and what it means to be, what it means to us as, as black people, what Black History Month means to us. So, Ada, Abdu, we're going to discuss what is Black History Month? What is Black History Month in the first place? Why do we celebrate Black History Month? Well, I I think, um, first of all, I need to kind of like backtrack a bit. I didn't know I was black until I came to Canada. Deep. That hits. So, like, I mean, first time coming to Newfoundland, probably the only black person in the plane to oh. Newfoundland. It was kind of like scary. Like, first time you feel like you're in a minority. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that kind of hit me because... Back home, nobody, you're all black. I mean, you also the, read the reference of Black History Month. Back exactly, home. yeah. So for me, it's a month for us to not just um, celebrate us as people, but also to remember our past and our future as well. So and that what that's what the Black History Month means to me. It, it means a lot to me as a black person here, but also you know black people over the world, in whether in Africa or elsewhere in the diaspora. It means that it's a month for us to celebrate who we are, mm -hmm. but also to remember our past and, you know, projecting our future. Nice, nice. Like, a few weeks ago, LeBron James, one of the biggest players in the basketball industry, said Black History Month is not just a month to him. Yeah. It's a day. Like, it's every day. He celebrates Black History every single day. Mm -hmm. So it's not just going to be a month that we celebrate ourselves. As you said, we don't really know what about Black History Month is yeah. until we came into a white month land. What about you, Ada? What does Black History Month mean to you? To be honest, it means a lot of things to me. Um, but I'm just going to echo what you said the last time. Um, the last word you said. I feel like we're supposed to be celebrated every day, year in, year out, morning in, morning out, sunset, sunrise, because we are unique. We're unique people, right? We 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 have different cultures that follow us as humans, as Black people. Not like it's like you coming into a place where there are yellow people, and then you come in and you are the soil amongst them, or you like your skin color is the one that is different from everybody. So for me, it's not just the month; it's the whole year. But because the world has allocated February as a special spotlight for us, I would say that this is the month that we are supposed, we as Black people, are supposed to acknowledge our history. Yeah. We're supposed to acknowledge the uniqueness of us. We're supposed to acknowledge people that has done something in the world, people that has put impact in the world, women, men who has fought to 
or where we are now as black people. Mm. So it's like it's it's like a statement month for me. Okay, listen, I'm black. Give me the discounts I, I need. Give me everything I need. Listen, respect. If you don't respect me before now, this month, please let there be exceptional respect. Do you understand <laughs> what I'm saying? So it's like it's unique. It's like a spotlight, a statement month for me. So yeah, it's a month I show my blackness. Even though I show it every year, every day, but this particular month, February first till the 29th, and I mean this is a leap year. It's 29 days of me showing you. Listen, your skin color is great. <laughs> so yeah. Nice. Yeah, I totally agree with you because for me, like I always tell my friends, and especially my my white friends, that you know, the fact that my skin color is black doesn't mean doesn't make me black. Like, mm-hmm. There's two. There's more to it than just my skin color. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the, the style of my hair, the, my dressing, my culture, the way I talk, the way I do my stuff yeah. determines the, how black I am because I don't see, I don't think black as a color in terms of when it comes to race. Yeah. It, it's more to it than just the race color people see it to be. It's more has to do with the culture. It has to do with the people itself. Yeah. So what do you guys think that the, the black community or people that have held certain positions in black communities have helped blackness go to the extent where it is now. Like we talk about people like Dr. Luther King, what he has done to to elevate blackness to that kind of level. People like Muhammad Ali, people like uh, Malcolm X, they've elevated blackness to a certain level. What do you guys think about that? For me, I think um, if we start mentioning the names, we will not stop. No. The names are longer than we think, Absolutely. to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I'm someone who loves to he- um, read about history, especially, I'm going to say it's Nigerian history, right? Mm. Because uh, what I understood from our our past or from our history is that there was a lot of things that happened. As much as, there was never a plan for Nigeria to happen, right? Mm. Yeah. So there are a lot of names that when I mention them, it might even lead us to emotional. It might get us emotional. Mm. Yeah. True. People like Nelson Mandela. Mm-hmm. Yo, there are people who have fought and fought and they are still fighting for these people for things to happen. Mm-hmm. So I feel like a lot of people like listen, black people has uh, or better still, black people have dominated all the industry. True. True. Entertainment, poem, storytelling, music, presidential positions. Awesome. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> There are names to call. There are places that they have entered. Look at Ngozi um, Okojiwala. Mm. Like, and then there are women. I mean, there are black people, and then there are black women who they refused or who they never thought were going to, like, you know, mm. excel. And they are, they are paving ways in the industry, yeah. in the society, in the community. So I'm going to say black the, black, the people that has done this or the people that are still doing this, what they have done is like exactly saying what you said. It is not just about the skin color that makes the race. Yeah. It's about our accent. Very different. Very unique. Mm. Imagine in different countries, there are different accents. The way you speak is not the way I speak and we're still black. Okay. The way you think about this is not the same way I think about this, but we're still black. Mm. So it's like uniqueness. It's like they have made the blackness the blackness. That's the word. Like, black is beautiful. That's the that's the English. It is beautiful. Yeah. So I genuinely think that what they have done is they have paved way for us this generation to actually see that things were not going well before, but they have done to their capacity, and we should follow up. We should continue. We should keep fighting. We should keep asking for freedom. We should keep telling ourselves that we deserve to be liberated. Even if we think that we have been liberated from the hands of the colonizers, I feel like there is so much microaggression and um, terrorism still going on for the black community. It is. So, to be honest, names are long. I can't call all of them. See Chimamanda, Diti, Ngozi. Oh, my God. Well, uh, I'm showing Ka. Yeah. Names the names are, are long. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the names are very long. So They're lucky. T- I'm... T- Listen, <laughs> listen. <laughs> yeah, you, I mean, you're to- so you're totally right because yeah. if we, if I mean, Africa alone, we can mention thousands of Ooh. names coming yeah. from just Africa, yeah. West Africa, East Africa, uh-huh. South Africa. Barack Obama. Exactly, Ooh. like the Caribbeans. We have people like Bob Marley, Barack Obama. They've done so many things to put blackness mm. to that level where we want to reach, but we still haven't reached that level yet. Yeah. We still have to keep going. 
Abdul, you own a business in Cornerbrook. You own a business in a white Muslim. You're a black <laughs> person owning a business in a white Muslim. Yeah. How do you how do you do it in your position of own, owning a business? Yeah. Working with people you never knew before. Uh-huh. Yeah. People you came to meet. People who are not from the same culture as you. People who don't really understand your culture. Yeah. People who don't really understand who you are uh-huh. until you became friends with them and decided to go into business with them. Yeah. How has your experience been as a black person working with them and what is your role in the business and what are you doing to help support the black community right. you find yourself in? Excellent. Uh, thank you so much. Um, I just wanted to echo um, Ada's point that we can stop you know, mentioning the names. But I wanted to mention one that she missed, Kwame Nkrumah of Ghana. Of oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Kwame Nkrumah <laughs> said that the black man is capable of managing his own affairs yes. and giving the chance. And I think that is a statement that we cannot run away from. Um, but coming back to your question about you know owning a business as a black person here in Cornerbrook, um, it's been a roller coaster journey for me because mm-hmm. you know you you're mostly likely going to be the only person in the room, yeah. you know, sitting with all other people. So you know, but I don't see that as a as a as a deterrent for me because yeah. I I think that I see that as a motivation mm-hmm. to say that re- listen, we are black students or black people here, but we're also capable of you know, running businesses successfully. Mm-hmm. So it's it's been, as I said, a roller coaster journey, very challenging sometimes. But of course, there are a lot of um, support systems available that um, you can avail yourself to. And I just wanted to urge all other, you know, black people in here that they, should, they shouldn't run away from that. They should yeah. venture into that because there are a lot of opportunities here that we could actually take advantage of and just build up um, businesses. There are a lot of, you know, opportunities for black-owned businesses in Canada. Mm. And there are, you know, I know the Tribe Network, maybe people are not aware of it, but it mm. is something that is black-owned and black-started in, in, in Nova Scotia, but it's for the whole of Atlantic Canada. Mm. So they have lots of beautiful programs like the Black Startup, you know, program that as a student or as a black person in Atlantic Canada, you can actually go there and they'll teach you how to start a business from scratch. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of, you know, op- support opportunities that they can give you as, as a black-owned business. So there are a lot of opportunities like that. And I'll just say that um, being here, I think that the, the black community, we need to come together as a community in Cornerbrook and, and build our community together. Because, yeah. you know, we have lots, most of them are students, but you also have professionals who are workers. So how do we bring all of these people together to together. together, you know, as a community? I think that's something that's always at the heart for me. And we've started something like that, you know, organizing, you know, events to mark, um, you know, public holidays. Um, but we are in the process of kind of registering um, an association for a black and Caribbean community. Yeah. So we are not limiting to only Africans, but as long as we are black and we are, you know, here, Caribbean, African, Wherever you are from, yeah. we want to make it more inclusive for everyone to join that. So those are kind of some initiatives that we want to do. And I think that um, we have a long way to go. Yeah. But, you know, every journey we start with a step. So we oh have yeah. to start somewhere and then we can build, you know, step by step to build a community. Because it's, it's, it doesn't speak well of us to have like over 100, you know, if I'm not um, mistaken, over 100 black. 100. Yeah, in, in corner, but, but we don't have kind of like... A community, community. It, you know, that's something that we have to really look into. Yeah, I think yeah. you're you're right. And for me, like in terms of business, as a, I, I also started a business as a black person in Cornerbrook. Mm-hmm. And as you said, you most of the time you find yourself in a place where you're just a colored person. Yeah. And because you're colored, like no one wants to work with you. I've been in a place where I wanted a loan mm. for something, mm. or and then they were like, "No, we can give you a loan because this and this and that." Like, I've gone to a dealership to buy a car, yeah. and I wanted to test drive the car first before I know I'm going to buy it. Yeah. And they were like, no, you can't test drive it. You have to do credit check first, yeah. meaning that I can't afford a car unless you check my credit before knowing I can afford a car or not. Yeah. And that, like, like little things like that is microaggression, but people don't know that this kind of things like microaggression. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then, like, this this is where representation comes in, community comes in. What do you guys think about representation in Cornerbrook, and, like, for blackness in Cornerbrook? Do we have representation or we don't have representation? To be honest, if I'm going, I'm going to speak from a point of a mem- of once a member and now a leader. Yeah. I, I always tell this story anytime I get the opportunity. Mm. I was once in Europe, right? Ukraine precisely before the war broke out. Mm. And uh, it was such an honor to meet black people who wanted the community to grow. Mm. 
who like listen when i went to ukraine i knew i was black because of my skin color right but when i stayed there one week two weeks i just noticed that the black community doesn't care they all they care about is about themselves like they don't care whether they're in a white man's land they're gonna do what they want to do <laughs> like they're gonna pull the way they want to pull mm. they're gonna do anything to make sure that they are heard like if it's to protest or count us in, <laughs> if it's to skip classes just because somebody is doing something bad to one student, count us in. So it was like more of there was a culture, there was a community, there was people you can stand like solidarity. Yes, mm. there was this love you can feel among people. Mm. You can see the comfort, the safeness. But coming to Canada, I mean, I stayed some other places in Europe, and there was no community there because I mean, they were in the I was in the marriage, um, smaller cities and all of those things. But when I came to Canada, I mean, I came here during the summer, so you can imagine how terrorizing it was. Nobody was around. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like, it was just me and my partner here. Like, we were just like, are we going to do this? I'm like, yeah, we're going to do it. We've been, here. We've, been what? We've been out of the country for what? So we're going to do it. But when we came into the um, uh, fall semester, that's September, what I noticed among students were there was a bridge. There was pride. There was no oneness. Yeah. It was something that was constant. And for me, I love a place where there's community. Yeah. Like, it helps me grow. It helps me reason. Because one thing I, my mom always tells us is, you will always have problem. To be, let me just be honest. You will always have problem. But what is important is when you have your problem, and it's supposed to be human solved, you have humans around you to be able to solve that problem. So for me, I always tell myself, listen, what about future problems? Who are going to be there for you? Mm -hmm. Who and who is going to be there? Who can you call? Who can you pick up the phone and say, listen, I need you to show up for me. And the person shows up. Not, I need to show up and then there's, there's excuses. Or there are excuses. Mm -hmm. So for me, right now, I'm going to say the step we're taking, I personally have seen growth since I came. Yeah. I have seen more people unite than when I came. Yeah. I'm not going to say because of past leaderships or past members or anything. Mm -hmm. It's among all of us. Both me, both the uh, executive team, both the members, we all have the same problem. Do you understand? So people will say, oh, they don't say hello to me on the hallways. I personally say that, that people don't say hellos on the hallways. You don't say hello, you don't receive. When someone tells you, you just bone up your face like, hello. I mean, even if you're, I mean, some people say, I don't like talking to people. I like keeping to myself. I respect that fact. But listen, we are in a minority country. Like when, sorry, we're in a country where we are minority. Let's start acknowledging ourselves. Let's start respecting ourselves. Even though there are, there's going to be boundaries, I feel like respect is something that we are not we are lacking here. Mm -hmm. So the representation is poor because of lack of respect. Mm -hmm. But right now, I'm going to say again, I feel like there has been growth. Very minimal, but there has been growth. Mm -hmm. And for me, just to echo what you said, the African and the Caribbean, if your ancestral lineage identifies as black, oh, my dear, you You're are black. black. <laughs> so come and come to the community. Whenever the community has meetings or has meetups or have events, show up. I'm sorry, but you can't lie about it. In your blood, if you go for a um, genetics um, test, you're going to find blackness there. So if your ancestral lineage is black, please show up. And that's why I, I said, I echoed what Derek said at the beginning. It's not just about the skin color. Some people can be like, what I mean? I've seen Nigerians that are fair. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I, have, I have friends that are literally look white, but then... Yeah. One of your parents is black. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it's like if your social lineage is black, listen, you belong to us. I'm in fact I'm claiming you. Do your worst. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so but right now, I feel like it's a step we'll keep taking. I mean, if we keep uniting to fight for a community, we will definitely get there someday. Yeah. Not like we're going to unite everybody, but we're definitely gonna unite ninety percent if we want to. Excellent. Is if we keep our priorities right. right. Yeah. And if we unite together, if we can drop our shoulders. So, yeah, yeah, that's what I think. There's, you know, strength in unity. Oh, yeah. Yes. In a, one, we are the minority here. And two, for us to be having, you know, micro-communities yes. and unity is not good for us as a community. Uh -huh. So, I know we come from different countries. I mean, we have groups, whatever, how we connect with each other in our countries. Yeah. But we have to go beyond the countries. Yes. And look at the bigger picture, which uh -huh. is Africa oh, yeah. and, and the black community. So, we have to go beyond those micro-communities to the bigger one. One, we are, we are in the monitor here, and for us to be 
not united is not an option for us. So we need to come together and go beyond this, you know, country, tribe, whatever, to mm-hmm. look at the bigger picture, which is Africa and the continent or the black community. And I just want to say that I also have seen some progress, you know, in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, what but I first you've been I've here for long. Yeah, yeah, I came here in 2019 <laughs> um, from the US. Uh, wow. But yeah, but um, just a few of us, but... We had that strong Ghanaian community, but we were just within our Ghanaian community. But of course, I've seen now that we have lots of Nigerians, Kenyans, and other people here, and we have you know, gone beyond just a community to organize events to bring all of us together. And I think we need to take those baby steps mm-hmm. towards building a bigger and, and a stronger community for us. Yeah. And we have ourselves, like nobody's going to do it for us if we don't do it. Right. Yeah. And sometimes I feel very sad that like we have events which are meant for us and our members don't show up. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's sad. It's sad. Like, we just need to show up. I don't know why a lot of people will not show up for events or things that are meant for us. And that is something that we need to show up. Like, is is leadership. And leadership doesn't have to be executives alone. Yes. Even you, as somebody in your household, you are, you are a leader. We have to change our perception about leadership. Y- yes. And, and see it as, you know, being... You know, influencing a community or influencing people towards a goal, yes, and not just being positional, like you know, I'm the president, so I'm a leader. No, mm-hmm. you don't have to have a, you know, position to be, you know, to exercise leadership. It yes. can be exercised by everybody uh-huh. at any time. Uh-huh. So that's something that we have to, you know, inculcate and remember uh, as as black people here, and we need to show up. You know, mm-hmm. be proud of yourself. I mean, Wait, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what you just said is, I think, the silence of it all. Like, you just sealed everything. Because I feel like some people's leadership definition is just for you to be in their resume. So that when they try to look for jobs, they'll say, oh, you did this. <laughs> like, you, they forget that when they actually give you that higher position or that job you are looking for, you need to prove yourself. Mm-hmm. So when you don't do what you're supposed to do as an acclaimed leader, you are giving impression that, listen... I was just there for the resume. Yeah. I was just there for the position. Mm. I was just there for the money. Mm. Do you understand? Yeah. Because, I mean, Canada does the whole um, no unpaid labor. So you get paid for every hour you spend, as long as you take your time out. Mm. But then some people think that leadership for them is like, let me just go and sit in that office and my name is on the board or my name is, they yeah. know me as that. Yeah. You don't even unite with your own community. You don't even unite with your own people. You don't even share the problem. Because it's one thing for you to be a leader, and it's another thing for you to understand the problems the members are facing, the people you are. Without your members, you will not be a leader. Like, there is never a leadership without a membership. You need to actually see people that you are able to lead for you to be a leader. So, to be honest, I feel like what you said is the silent of it all. Like, leadership needs to take another toll. It needs to take another definition. It needs to take another step. You need to understand that you're working with a team. You're not working alone. You need to understand that everybody's opinion matter. So don't just make it look like, ah, I'm the leader here. I'm the guy here. (laughs) What is it? I totally totally agree with you guys. because (laughs) I also feel like uh, some people in leadership positions don't really understand the position they are in. Uh So they don't even know how to work with the people they are supposed to be working with. Yeah. And it's it's just it's just sad that we see some of our own people in higher positions and then don't w- they don't want to work or they don't just work with their own people to yeah. promote the success of our our blackness or our caucus. Because if you sorry, if you look in the past like if you look I don't want to go into deep with slavery and all those things but if you look into the past like Haiti Mm-hmm. If we talk about the revolution of Haiti, mm-hmm. they all came together. There was a community. That's how come they could take over the, their colonizers and mm-hmm. then move on. If you, talk, if you see um, Harriet, how she came together with other people and mm-hmm. then moved people from slavery to freedom and stuff. If we don't come together as a community, we can't be su- successful. Yeah. The white man in those, in those times sat down on the round table to divide Africa. Mm-hmm. Already we've been divided in our home country. Yes. When we leave those borders in our home country and we come to a different place yeah. we come together as one i'm not Ghanaian. i'm not nigerian i'm not congolese i'm not nothing i'm african an african i'm i'm not kenyan i'm not trinidad i'm caribbean mm. we both have the same we have both have common irrelevance mm. we are bo- all black mm-hmm. so as, as long as we meet at, we meet in the in the community where we are a minority there's nothing like caribbean there's nothing like african yes we are all black people we are we are all from the same same tribe same root mm. 
we all came from the same motherland yes. before we were dispersed. So I feel like, because history tells us that if we work together as black people, uh-huh. we, we, we achieve our goals and our successes. Yeah. Now, I want to go into your personal lives a bit and we'll just shift a little bit from the whole black instrument and then we'll come back to it after some time. We have a PhD student here. We have an undergrad student here. And you're a black student. You're both international students. You mm-hmm. have a family here. Yeah. You have your partner here. You're not mm-hmm. married, but then you still have a partner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you combine your life as an international student, one, your life as a, as a, as a father, as a married man, mm-hmm. your life as an international student, a part-time worker, mm-hmm. um, a business owner, mm-hmm. a president of a caucus, a council member, and your everyday life with your school life? How do you balance it? Because it's not... I don't find it easy. Mm. <laughs> I don't think it's I easy. don't. Like, <laughs> for the past few weeks, I've been on the go. Like, la- yesterday I went to, I uh, yesterday I went to Rocky Harbor, mm. went to Deer Lake, came from Deer Lake this morning, had to just shower, mm. come and come here. After here, I'm going back to Rocky Harbor again. <laughs> and I have midterm this evening. Wow. Like, and I, you is different because you're a father. You have <laughs> to go back to your child. Like, how do you guys balance this whole thing? Hmm. You want to go first? <laughs> I don't know. Like sometimes I ask myself the same question: How do I even get to do all yeah. of that? Yeah. Um, it's is is really not easy, as you say. It's very challenging. Like you have to give time for your studies. You have to give time for your family. You have to give time for your business. You yeah. have to give time for, you know, your community and showing up. So it's it's a lot of hustle. But I think it's it's more of motivation and prioritizing. All right. Because you need to prioritize your things in your day. So you have to organize your day and know at this point I have to do this or do that. I have to give this time of mind to this, you know, which is important to me. So it's just a matter of having that kind of time management skills yeah. mm-hmm. and being able to, to give your time to all of those commitments that you are committed to. So right. it's it's hard, but it's doable. <coughs> yeah. yeah. For me, I would say, I mean, I brag a lot. About yeah. myself, like <laughs> when you hear my name, just know that the beginning of me saying my name is is a, is bragging rights. We <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have to. Who's gonna do it for you? I yeah. know, right? Yeah. I mean, like I was born a leader. I would say I'm the first daughter of my parents, right? And in my culture, if I did, let me digress a little. Okay. In my culture, as an Igbo woman. I mean, there are, you can have senior brothers, don't get me wrong, but like you are seen as the eye of the family. If my mommy has a problem right now, even before she will call my big brother, she will say, What about my daisy? Call her daisy. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? That is how in depth it is. Like, I've, the stage I am in my too is that my mom complains to me about my siblings. I say, Talk to them more. Me, I don't. <laughs> I mean, you guys are an African mother. Talk to them more. Me, I don't want problem more. Talk to them. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that. I have been leading from when? From time... I mean, it, w- it was a toxic thing our parents do then, making their children um, train the younger ones because they're getting old and everything. Mm-hmm. I don't blame them because, I mean, that was how they were brought up too, right? And it worked for them, so they thought it would work for us. Right now, what I'm, I, I do is I measure that my priorities are in check. I'm away from family right now, but I try my best to make sure like, I hear from them at least every day. Everybody's telling me what's going on. Yeah. I don't try to overly invade in their lives because sometimes they just want to be alone and they don't want anybody around, not even their sister. Mm. Hear me out. <laughs> not even the big sister. They just want, like, leave me the hell alone. Leave me alone. <laughs> Do you understand? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, okay, sometimes I'm just like, okay, just be you. Yeah. But while I'm here going to school with my partner, having my relationship with God, my friends, being a president, being a counselor, Having other jobs that I'm doing is like, what are the priorities for you, Ada? What, do, what would you like to happen? Yeah. I wouldn't want my work to weigh me down in such a way that I will no longer give time to my relationship. Mm. I, I value my relationship a lot. Yeah. Do you understand? So it's like, I have to do things. I have to follow the circle. Mm. But I try my best to make sure that I'm relaxing. Because one thing I never know how to do is relaxation. When I went home last year, my mom, I, I, when I got back home, I was just like, I went to see her and I was doing everything, cooking, making sure she was like, where you are coming from? They didn't teach you how to relax. Come and sit down. <laughs> you are back on holidays. What the hell is this you're doing? 
<laughs> I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. That was how bad it was. But that was when I knew that my mommy has understood that if they leave me, I will be Jackie. I will do it all. Yeah. And I will not be expecting anybody to help me. Yeah. Even though yeah. I'm angry that they are just relaxing. But I will be, I'll be doing it. I'll be, I'll be, just to add to, uh, I mean, a bit of layer of complexity, what uh, Daisy is saying. So, like, um, we as black people here, we have families, we have lives here, uh-huh. but we also have families and away life mm. from home. Yeah. And just imagine the time difference. Like, oh, yeah. you have to give time to that. Like, uh-huh. sometimes you you'll be waking up like 3 a.m. by a call from somebody oh, in yeah. Africa. Uh, yesterday, I spoke, like, today. <laughs> yesterday, I spoke to my dad. And then it was around 1 a.m. back home. It was around 10, 11 p.m. here. Yeah. And it was like, he just has to wake up around that time just to speak to his son because he has to check up on his son. That's right. So, so 5 a.m. here. And he's, um, I'm, I'm guessing maybe, like, I mean, 4 a.m. here. And I'm guessing maybe is 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. in Nigeria. And my yeah. mom called. Yeah. It's, you know, those are some of the challenges and things we have to live with. It's our reality, so we cannot you you know, run away from. We cannot yeah. throw it away because that's where you come from. And yeah. the fact that you are here doesn't mean that you still don't have a relationship back home. Yeah. So those are some of the things. I just funny thing like I was also holidays <laughs> in Ghana in December, and you know I yeah. I was trying to submit the paper for application. Somebody said, "Are you not on holidays?" <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. I feel like I feel like it's something with black culture. I mean, you know, they say they, there's this theory or this stereotype that we are strong people, yeah. so oh they expect yeah. us to do all of it without complaint. Yeah, but, but the truth is, we are human. Absolutely. No, I, I, I totally agree. Like, I always, I, I always tell my friends back home that as long as you move from the borders of Africa, mm-hmm. reality will hit you so hard you yeah. won't even think twice mm-hmm. on what to do. Like, compare myself now to back home. I can tell that I've really grown like fast. Like I mean, you go to boarding school back home, and then it's like you mature a bit. But then that is like you have found you have your maturity is based on your reality there. Yeah. And it's when you leave the borders of your motherland, you left your family behind, you uh-huh. left your friends behind, you uh-huh. left everything behind. And then you come <coughs> to a new place, start new. It's like it's a whole different book. Credit card will teach you a lesson. International student life will teach you a lesson. School yep. fees will teach you a lesson. If you're not mobile, it will teach you a lesson. <laughs> so, like, it, it, I mean, for us, it helps us because we mature faster than our friends back yeah. home. Because, like, I speak to some of my friends, and it was like, he hears the stories about coming to school in a, in a different country, maybe in the US, the UK, or Canada. It's like, oh, yeah, I want to come to school. I'm, I want to do a modeling job. I want to do, I'm like, you're not going to get a modeling job to do here. <laughs> One of, first of all, you're black. No one is going to pick you unless, unless you're extra. You're gonna be either pushing carts or sobies, mm-hmm. or doing dishes in the restaurant. Yeah. Like, there's no big time pay jobs for you here. Mm-hmm. The only respect is that the only thing is that there's respect of labor here, or of mm. like back, more than back home. Yeah. No matter what you do, you get paid for. Yes, like I mean, there's respect for labor. Like, even if you're working the m- the most dangerous job that you think it is in back Africa or back home, yeah. here you will see that. You are being respected for even doing that, That's for coming true. out to put out your resume, for actually oh, yeah. going for an interview. I never had a resume respect. until I got to this country. So, huh? <laughs> what? I never had a resume until I got here. <laughs> what do I need a resume for? Like back home, everything is provided for me. Like yeah. if I finish school uh-huh. after national service, if I don't work for my dad, I'll obviously find somewhere to work because he has connections somewhere. Uh-huh. But here is like, mm-mm. you have to go through the process. Uh-huh. You have to be step by step process before you achieve your goals. And, and it is tough, but then it also builds you. It, it shows you the side of you. You, you will never know until yeah. you left the borders. And I feel like growth is, uh, in, uh, is what's the word? It's inevitable. Oh, yeah. We'll all, I mean, I thought people, people don't change. People just grow. Mm. Do you understand? Like, it is one thing to intentionally want your growth to speak for you. And then there's another thing to just grow because you think your age should will recycle every year. So intentional growth is, this is what it is for me. I don't want to do it no more. Mm. I, for one, will tell, I tell people, I, I have anger issues, right? But what I not, noticed that has happened in the past two years is that even when I get angry, I try my possible best to control it. Sometimes it, is, it gets out of control, but mm. I feel like my baby steps have really shown. Mm. So even when people are trying to get me upset, I would rather keep quiet and not speak on it, and then two or three days, I'm okay, and then I'm back to speaking to the person. I might give you some attitude or anything, but you will definitely, I will give, I will talk to you. If you say hello to me, I will definitely say back. Yeah. Do you understand? So it's baby steps, but growth is something that we should 
never ever try to inhibit or um, take away from our life because it is important. Mm-hmm. And intentional growth, like you are intentionally t- checking on yourself. You're intentionally telling yourself, listen, I need to self-reflect. I need to self-do this. I need to like change what I'm doing. People are, do you understand? Mm-hmm. I'm around people. You don't, uh, you don't expect people to um, always con- um, consider your emotions. You also need to con- consider other people's emotions because you are human. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, you're, you're totally right. Because for me, I also had anger issues and it, I had to deal with it. It's not a good thing, but then mm, it's it, it, you're, I wouldn't say you're born with it. It's like it just it's found in where you, you come from. If you're you from a place where there's always aggression and stuff, you may have that kind of problem. But then you work on it because right now, like, I'm in that place. When I first came, like, my anger issues just went Over high. The way. Because... Like every small thing someone does, and I feel like it's hurtful with an attack. I just attack back. I don't blame you because you're trying to settle in, my dear. <laughs> true, true. But then, like my my few years here, I've realized that we are even though we are all from the same place, we are totally different. Yeah. Everyone lives different. Everyone acts different. So mm-hmm. then you need to appreciate everyone's differences. Yeah. For in order for you to respect them and also respect you. Mm-hmm. So I totally agree with you. I'm going to ask two questions here since we have a businessman here. And we have a student. I mean, I'm, I'm no. also into business. Um, I mean, I'm not doing anyone currently. But, yeah, but I've done business <laughs> No, I've done businesses. And I was doing okay. business in Ukraine. Okay. So then we probably have a sense of this question. <laughs> so there's going to be two questions here. What have you been through as a black person? And let's look at this in the lens of Black History Month or yeah. Black History. What have you experienced as a black person in a different month's land that has impacted your life in so many ways? Hmm. And the second question is, how is businesses and organizations going to help black history or black excellence move from grace to grace? Mm. If you guys get my question. I do. You want to jump for it first? Which of them should I even take first? Okay, okay I'll go first. So then I can go first and then you guys. I mean, if you want to. Yeah. Take it up. So let's, let's take, I'll take this, for instance. As a business student and as an entrepreneur myself, being to certain places and talking to certain people and as a black person has made me realize that no one cares about who you are. No one cares about how you look. If someone is going to help you, they're going to help you. Mm. If someone's not going to help you, they're not going to help you. Because I have friends. He has, he has an English name. He has an African name. If he goes to the bank or has an appointment or an interview and uses his last name, he doesn't get a call back. If he uses his English name, he gets a call back real quick. So all these little things has impacted my life so much. Like, I know who to go to. I know how to read people and how to move forward if I want to do business or if I want to interact with people. Like, I started my first business with a clothing brand. I went to so many places, spoke to so many people. I was charged double for an order I made just because the person thought I didn't know know what I was doing. Mm. So now, starting my new business very soon, I know who to go to. I know the right people, the right sources. Because it's not everyone that's going to look at me and say that, okay, because he's black, I'm not going to help him. Some people will help you. Absolutely. Like, some people who genuinely are just nice people. They're going to help you succeed. And I feel like creating black-owned businesses, and especially in places like Cornerbrook, helps a lot because, you, you one, you provide jobs for your own people. You provide jobs for... You provide experiences for the young people. They get to learn and they get to appreciate working for a black person. Because I feel like if you're working for your own kind, it's easier than working for someone who is not, who doesn't understand you. Yeah. I I think what I took from what you said is what we have been saying, we said earlier, what we said earlier. Community, right? When we try to strive you would notice that the percentage of people pulling you down are your own people. Because tell me why I sell... Um, let me give you an instance. Okay, back when I was in Ukraine, I was selling like uh, meat, goat meat, because it was something that was not there. So I traveled to the village, get them. I have a big freezer and then freeze them up and all those things. So people that cook try to buy from me. But tell me why my first few weeks was all white people buying from me. Mm. 
And then you now have to intentionally start telling the black people, listen, I sell good me. Don't buy from another person. Buy from me first. Support my business. I'm black owned. Mm -hmm. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. It's not like an aggression you're giving for them to actually see you. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. And that thing, I won't lie, is an internalized trait in black people, including me. And that is why I intentionally, when I see a black person, black owned business, <laughs> even if it's fake, I'm buying. Yeah, just to support. I am sorry. Like, there is uh, a friend of mine that is currently here. She cooks. I've not bought from her since she started, but I mean, she took a break now. But I was telling people, I know how to cook very well, but I'm going to buy from her. I don't care whether I know how to cook what she's um, already selling, or, but I'm going to buy it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, that is how much I want the black business to grow. Mm. I don't care how little it is. Like, you don't understand what I mean. Even if it is water you're selling, I will buy. If you're selling air, I will buy. <laughs> Anything you are selling, I listen, if I don't have the money, I will owe you. But just make sure that I'm your, one of your creditor or I'm one of uh, your customer. Just to get you to understand that this is how much I want to appreciate. So that's what I was talking about intentional growth. When you guys were yeah. like, you intentionally tell yourself, I don't want to do this no more. I want to do this this way. Yeah. Do you understand? So getting back to your question about how businesses should grace us as black people is, mm -hmm. even when we open these businesses or when we start these um, companies or let's say industries, I feel like the communities that has grown should actually find it in a place or find it in their heart to respect and understand that mm. it takes, everybody can grow. Yeah. There's competition in the market though, but everybody can grow. Yeah. Yeah. I cannot, it's not because I'm doing what you're doing that you don't have customers. There is something in-depthly oh, yeah. I believe, in, I believe wrong. in competition. Like yeah. regardless of, uh, like one of my friends wanted to start a clothing brand mm -hmm. and the person was scared to come ask me the process like what do i have to do where can i get this and that i'm like why are you scared to come ask me this uh -huh. genuinely everybody knows me i like business i like money yeah. if i can help you and then if i can make money in, a, in the same way why won't i help you uh -huh. i didn't mind and i failed why can't i help someone to succeed you understand and you know the sky is big enough for all of everybody us fly, yeah and just to say that i mean i'm happy to hear what you're saying but the thing is sometimes it's not even just buying like Spreading the word. Yes, reposting. That's it. Like, share it on social media. Promoting. <laughs> you are promoting the black-owned business, right? It, it doesn't cost a dime, maybe a minute or two to post it. Yeah. But, I mean, we need to support each other. Oh, yeah. We need to, I mean, there are support systems here, but some of them, sometimes there are systemic, you know, barriers that we cannot access because mm. of our current status. But, I mean, there are training programs that students or whoever you are you want to start a business i think there are some training programs you can go through mm. to learn the basics you know learn yeah. the, the nitty-gritties of how to start it oh, yeah. you know but what i see sometimes is i don't see a lot of us like i don't see a lot of you know black people supporting yeah. you know taking those courses or going to those programs to learn mm. sometimes you need to learn before you can apply mm. yes right or sometimes you have to apply whilst learning but those training programs are there, and I, I have benefited a lot. I mean, going back to your first question, like some of the things that you have done, which has impacted your life, uh -huh. I think I will say, you know, going through some of the entrepreneurship training programs in Memorial, um, uh. whether it's at Navigate here in mm. Grenfell or yeah. Memorial Center for Entrepreneurship or the Social cen cen Center for Social Enterprise. Mm. There are a lot of programs that they do that, you know, you can take courses in them. You know, you, you are not graded for it, <laughs> but you learn. There are so many things that you learn from those programs, and then you can take it up to build up your business. Mm -hmm. So maybe people are not aware, or they don't just have the time management to manage it, because, you know, you already have things that are occupying mm -hmm. your life. Yeah. And for you to go right. the extra mile to pick up a new thing, that's, that's it takes a lot of courage and a lot of um, commitment, as you say, to do that. And so I will say, maybe they are not aware, but there are a lot of, those programs stay out for people to take advantage of. And once you get into those programs, you'll meet a lot of people. Like some people will support you naturally. Some people, it takes time and yeah. it takes a lot of con yeah. convincing to do. But you, you you sort of put yourself in the, you know, put your leg in the door, like, and you get connected to people in the ecosystem. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then they can share some opportunities or things that are available for you. Mm. And I think that, that is something we need to, you know, 
take up. You need to learn, you need to apply, but also need to just show up and, you know, you never know. Mm, A lot yeah. of opportunities can come your way through those kind of um, things. Uh, but, of course, supporting your own businesses, mm. mm-hmm. whether it's buying from them or just sharing what they're doing, I yeah. mean, that's, it doesn't cost much. No. It doesn't. It doesn't. And uh, I also would say that the person entrepreneur, that's the owner of the business, has a lot of role to also play. Yeah. I understand that you need the community to support you and you need the community to um, show up for you. But you yourself as the owner of this business, how much of a person are you? Yeah. Not a good person. I mean, there's nobody that's a good person in this world, honestly. <laughs> But like, how much of human yeah. are you? Do you respect your your customers? Do you um, respect boundaries? Do you understand that things will not always go your way? Do you take advices? Do you like a lot of things, a lot of questions, and a lot of question marks? Because you see some people once they own a business and their shoulder pads are high. Listen, mm. don't get me wrong. You're making your money, and you're go- you're the one that's going to spend it. Yeah. But I need you to understand that even till your last breath, mm. humans yeah. are the ones that will take you to your graveside. Oh, yeah. That's true. So we need ourselves every day, no matter the color, no matter the race, no matter the anything. But like Derek said, once we leave the continent that we are born in and we are in another man's continent, especially if you are not born outside of Africa or Caribbean, right? You are going to face a lot of challenges. Yeah. Now it is you by yourself on your own to decide do I want to face this challenge alone or do I want to make sure that when these challenges come there are people who can actually be there for me what do I do who am I where do I belong to who do I question do I respect people enough so people will say people don't help me I'm like do you respect yourself enough when people come into your zone when people come into your space do they feel comfortable? Do they feel value? Do they feel anger? Do they feel anxious? Do they feel what do they feel when they're in your space? Do they feel safe? Yeah. It's just like this um, black Agus. When when I took up the leadership role, when I met few students, they said, Whenever I come for meeting, I don't feel safe. I feel like there's an anger in me. I feel like there's a resistant burning. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what do we need to do to make you feel safe? Because I can't I can't speak for myself alone. Mm. I had someone ask me the other day, Ada, why are you always in crowd? And I'm like, so I sit down and people are always there. People, I, 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 like I said before, I love bragging, right? I love keeping my, even when I lost my sister recently, like about wow. two weeks ago, sort of one week ago. Sure. And I don't think anybody in the school knows. Not because I can handle my, I cry at home. I, I get the shock about it. Sometimes I don't feel like doing anything because it's hurting, right? Mm. I mean, it's just one person that knows in school and then my boyfriend. But what I'm saying is that I try to make sure that when I have problems, I don't burden it on people in a way that will make them run away from me. True. Like, I need you to understand that I'm having this problem right now. Can you give me a space? I will communicate later. So even with my, like, I have a mean face sometimes. But when I see people, especially black people, I grin. Like, my, you will see my whole teeth. Because I'm trying to let you know that, listen, I might have problems, but if all of us drop our problem on this table, I might be the one to take my own back because yours is worse. So it is about us being human. It's about us understanding that life does not revolve around one person. This earth will keep rolling. It doesn't stop. When one person dies, another person is born, and it will keep going. When you have a position, when you die, you'll be replaced. So I need like that. I think that's one thing black people need to understand. We have so much pride that, like, I mean, white folks has um um, pride too. But one thing that I notice about them is that when there is an event, there's an event. They don't play with the little things of life. Listen, end of the year party, they're showing up. Um, Valentine's Day, they're showing up. These, they're showing us. We are trained to understand that we're strong. We don't need them. No. That's why some people lose friendships. I'm telling you honestly, some people don't even know how to show love in their friendship. They think it's only in their romantic relationship is supposed to end. No. So people don't genuinely show friendship. Like I don't. I think I've heard somebody say, "I have never told anyone I love you." If I said, "Even your mother," yeah. <laughs> are you people serious right now? 
Like I have so much love to give. When they, as long as it's the black food, don't get me wrong. And some people say you either you might be a racist at heart, and I'm like, it's not about racism. It's about the systemic hatred that has been shown to the black community that I'm intentionally trying to remove from my blood. I may not remove all of them, but when it comes to the black race, I am going to show up for them. I do not care how small I need to show up for them. Sometimes I might be weak and then I might not come or I might not do it, but just at the back of your mind, know that I have you in my heart. So it's, I mean, it's, when we talk about community, I think we forget to talk about humanity. You need to be human for you to be able to form a community, for you to be a member of a community. And for Black History Month, it is one thing I want black people to do. I hope a lot of people listen to this podcast, especially this particular session, because this is my second session, and this is the most relaxed I have felt since <laughs> I started. I mean, thank you to Derek. Thanks to Derek. Like, I hope that they listen and understand that going with a mean face does not make you human. You might be going through something. We understand and respect that. We can always give you space when you need it, as long as you promise not to hurt yourself when you're in your own time. Because yeah. I lost a friend um 2021. 20, she failed an exam. She said she needed space, and she took sniper and died. So you understand what I'm saying? So if you can promise us, I mean, it's almost impossible for you to promise us that. But if you can do that, we will give you your space at least. Take your time off. I mean, you're human. You need some time to yourself. Your brain can be full and all of those things. Yeah. But I need the black folks in this, especially in Cornerbrook, to understand that we can all achieve whatever we want to achieve as long as we come together and form a goal. Yeah. Unity is important. Respect is important. Boundaries are important. Priorities are important. Mm -hmm. Show up for one another so you'll be shown up for. Yeah. A lot has been said. Yeah. It's been, it's been <laughs> educative. I mean, yeah. I mean, we all agree that Black History Month is where, even though we don't celebrate it as just one month, yeah, it is where it is the period where we come together. There should be community. There should be support. There uh -huh. should be representation. There should be one, 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 one to one. We sh we need to come together to expose and grow our blackness because we we are in a different man's land. Mm. We all we have is one another. We don't have anybody else. Yes. So, guys, this is this is where we come to the end of our podcast today uh -huh. i hope you enjoyed this conversation uh -huh. we had abdu here we had Adda here thank you so much for joining us today and guys look out for any black history month event happening on campus uh -huh. the black cultural excellence happening soon and it's gonna be fire and when i say fire it's gonna be fire. it's gonna be bomb <laughs> <laughs> so guys at 10 it's free at 10 there's gonna be exhibition there's gonna be food there's gonna be drinks there's gonna be dancing there's gonna be music Guys, dress in your best cultural attire too, if you have them. On God, on God, it's gonna like, be like AU day. <laughs> you know? It's a time to represent. Exactly. I mean, so yeah, I'm there. This comes to the end of our podcast today, and I thank you guys for listening. And I'll be here next week, same time. Thank you. You have a, you enjoy your weekend coming yeah. up, and you enjoy the rest of your week. Yes, a nice weekend. I'm going to go and enjoy it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank you for having us. Thank you. All right. <laughs>